Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I've got with me Coach Roy Gully, head coach of the Springfield Senators of Springfield, Illinois. Coach Gully has been at Springfield High School for five years, where he's made the playoffs the past three years, beating SHG the past two years as well. I got to throw that one in there. Uh, Before that, he was the head coach at West Prairie and then the co-op of Bushnell West Prairie. He was a varsity assistant at Galesburg, went to Joliet Junior College and University of St. Francis, and played in Kirkwood, Missouri and Fort Madison, Iowa. Coach Gully, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, Hanging in there, um, like everybody else, just, you know, itching to hopefully get some kind of summer put together and get back out on the field. Yeah, that's that's no question. I was talking to – I was actually talking to a, a recruit from the area today, um, and he was asking me – or he was telling me, you know, things are canceled seven on seven. And I said, there's enough – there's enough good high schools in the area that you guys – you know, if, if, if they, everything got lifted, let's say everything got lifted July 1st, there's enough schools in the area that you guys could throw together two or three really good seven on sevens and get a lot of good work in. No doubt. We've got yeah. a lot of uh, schools with great facilities, ours included, you know, we've got the the turf put in and mm-hmm. so um, it's just a matter of, of when they're going to kind of let us creep back into normalcy, I guess. Right. Well, yeah. What, what is normalcy these days, right? We won't know what it's going to look like. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So, you know, first question I got to ask you, and you've been at a couple of different schools and, and, you know, had a lot of success the last three years at, at Springfield High. Talk to me about how the offensive line played a part in the success of those, of those programs, of those seasons. Well, everybody that knows football knows that everything starts up front. And um, we've been very blessed, especially the last three years, to have not only some great offensive linemen, but some great mm-hmm. offensive line coaches. I brought – Coach Heb over from uh, Rushville Industry a few mm-hmm. years ago, and he his first year was predominantly working with our offensive line, getting to know the kids, and so he came in and and kind of shored up some of our our concepts and our, our basic fundamentals. Coach Mercier, I believe, came the year before. Um, he started out as a, a JV offensive line guy, and now um, he's pretty much the the head O line guy. Why Coach Heb? calls the plays and we've just been like I said uh, really fortunate uh, we've had some some great guys that have, have played um, a couple years now um, mm-hmm. at the varsity level and uh, I, I'm a firm believer in continuity you get those same guys up there 
uh, working together, knowing the strengths and weaknesses of each other, and it makes a, a big difference. Oh, absolutely. Once you once you get those guys that are can know what each other's, you know, know what no, you know, the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. That yeah, that's uh you get some really good teams and some really good offenses for sure. Absolutely. And uh, we've been able to not really have to rebuild the offensive line our uh, past three playoff years. And uh, this is going to be the first year where I don't think uh, legitimately we've got a, a real single starter coming back. We've got right. guys that, that played, but, you know, it's going to be an open competition. But um, we do such a good job at our, our sophomore level uh, of preparing those guys for varsity. Uh, we're just going to, you know, see who's able to come in and plug and play. Right, exactly. And that's what you got to do that every now and again. I mean, it's, it's, that's unfortunately the, the nature of the beast. Every, you know, if you got a, if you got an offensive line full of, full of sophomores and juniors, eventually they're going to be seniors and graduate. And you got to, you know, hope that you have, have the next man up ready to, to take his spot. So it's, uh, while everyone wishes we could have four or five guys back every year, it's just not, it's not, it's not realistic. No, and, and we had that last year. And so, yeah, we, we've got a, a talented group coming up and um, we've actually added another offensive line uh, volunteer who we hope is also going to help us uh, in the long run. So uh, as soon as we get a chance to get out there on the field, we'll see what we've got. Yeah, very good. So, you know, first question I've got for you, and, and you started out as a head coach of West Prairie, which then became the, the co-op Bushnell West Prairie. And you guys had a couple of, of, of lean years there. Talk to me about some of those struggles you had in the small town and especially with the co-op um, taking, taking place. Some of the, you know, just tell me, talk about some of the struggles you guys had as a, as a program and maybe you had as a coach. It was really tough. Um, our coach at Galesburg High School had taken an administrative job. And so uh, we were hoping that they would hire someone on staff because we were running triple option. We were getting better each year. We had, um, you know, a system in place and we had developed a culture and things were trending. They decided uh, to uh, hire someone from outside and that kind of left some of the long-term coaches in a lurch. Do we want to um, go and start over with another program, another coach? Um, or do what I did, which I felt like it was my time to kind of go out on my own. So I put feelers out about um, varsity head coaching jobs. Mm -hmm. um, I was a finalist for a, a, another job and, and didn't get it because I didn't teach the right subject. And then all of a sudden, I, I got a call from West Prairie, the person who couldn't hire me because of my teaching subject basically gave my name to West Prairie. West Prairie called me, went on an interview, and I will tell you, they were pretty straightforward. The program was in dire straits. Um, their coach before me was actually a, a college student at Western Illinois who um, was moving back to the Chicagoland area. Okay. And there was a, a lot of issues. There was not a summer lifting program. There was not a lot of structure. There was not a lot of organization. There was not a lot of anything. So I knew <laughs> going in, it was going to be one of those rebuilds and right. it was the rebuild of all rebuilds. I, I later found out um, after I took the job that they were seriously contemplating shutting the program down. That was how close they were 
um, to not even having a team. So as you said, the first uh, year especially was really lean. We actually had a little boost in numbers, had about 40, 45 kids. Mm-hmm. But you had kids with no discipline, no fundamentals, no sense of, um, you know, football acumen. And so it, it was it was pretty rough. Um, we were in a conference that had some amazing teams, Mercer County, um, one state while I was there, uh, Stark County, another perennial um, state-run, uh, state title caliber team. Mm-hmm. And so um, that first year was pretty rough. And once kids found out that it was going to be a program, not just a team, and we were going to lift and we were going to have summer stuff, we were going to go to seven-on-sevens, um, that second year cut the numbers down in half. And so we lost um, every game my first year pretty much probably by about halftime. Right. It was running clock. Uh, the second year we were competitive in about half of our games but still went winless. Um, my third year was the, the tough year, and that's when they decided to co-op. We had about 20 uh, kids in the entire program. But oh boy. I, w- I will tell you, we were competitive in every single game. Um, had a couple leads in a few games. It was just a matter of um, attrition and, um, mm-hmm. you know, having guys going both ways the entire game. And so West Prairie, with the numbers issues, kind of had talks with another um, small community, Bushnell, about the same issue, and they decided to co-op and put the teams together. I put my name in the hat and interviewed and was lucky enough to get the job. And uh, we had the co-op for one year. Uh, we went three and six once again. Was pretty much in every single game. Um, in fact, I think we started out three and one. So things were really, really looking up. Right. And um, ran into again tough schedule. We played I think five or six playoff teams uh, that season. And so things were turned around. Things were definitely on the up and up. Playoffs was a legitimate goal for the next season. And then the Springfield job, uh, right? And then the rest is history, right? And, and you know, kind of, it's, and they've had a, they've had a, they've been decent since you left, correct? I mean, they, they've, they've had a couple of playoff years. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. One of my assistant coaches, I'm really good friends with Brian Lafferty. Uh, Brian was literally an 18 year old college student when I put him on staff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was my my right hand basically those four years I was at West Prairie and Bushnell West Prairie and they went to the playoffs I believe um, the second year after I was gone and mm-hmm. then I know they went again um, in one of the other years as well but yes they've been a, a very solid team and program since then. And you've, I mean, you've got to feel some sort of pride. I mean, obviously, you're you're you've got your own program you're running, and you're the head coach at Springfield High School. But you've got to have a little bit of pride in seeing that. And I'm sure you probably check the scores every Friday night to see how they did, because uh, it's it was you know you built it, or you know you helped to, to rebuild it and 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 bring them to where they're at. So you got to have a little bit of pride in that situation. No question. My second year there, I set up a JFL program, Macomb which is right down the road from Scioto and, uh, you know, not too far away from Bushnell as well. They had a little JFL league with Galesburg and some of the other, mm-hmm. um, you know, decent-sized towns around the area. So we built one up from scratch from West Prairie. I did a lot of fundraising, um, went to every game for the JFL. And so 
now that I'm in Springfield, you know, year three, year four, year five of Springfield, I'm reading about kids that um, were in my JFL program that are now doing well and the varsity is right. doing well. So absolutely, I, I don't take any credit, um, but I do take a lot of pride in the fact that uh, they do have that co-op and program turned around and football um, is definitely a part of the culture down there because it was almost gone. Right. And that's, and that's awesome that you guys, you know, you help to be a part of that and it's, it's, it's got some, you know, sustainability uh, still going. So uh, you kind of brought me to my next point, you know, you talked about you're, you're going into year five now at Springfield high and uh, had the, had success and been to the playoffs three years in a row now. What have you guys done to maintain that success? And, 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 you know, how, how was it, were you kind of going in, did you kind of look and say year three was, was our, our plan or was, was that sort of a surprise to you? Did you have a, uh, you know, were you thinking maybe even, even sooner year, year one or year two, you could come in and do that? Or were you anticipating maybe like year four, year five? To be honest, I thought it'd probably be about year three or four. Okay. Um, and, and that's uh, a lot of that has to go with the, the respect I have for our conference. Our oh, conference. Yeah is a, a, a crushing just I, I don't even know how to describe how <laughs> you've got Griffin you've got Rochester you've got Chatham you've got Jacksonville you've got uh, MacArthur um, when I first came in Eisenhower you've got these teams that are, are just I mean there's probably at this current moment four or five Hall of Fame coaches coaching in the central state eight now. So anybody who thinks they're going to come in and take a program from the bottom um, three and move it to the top in a year or two is fooling themselves unless they've got some division one horses uh, that they didn't have the years before, because it's very, very tough. So I really thought year three or four, but my second year, we made a leap towards the end of the year and we were competitive in the Rochester game. We were competitive in the Griffin game. We mm-hmm. were competitive in the Eisenhower game. And that was the year that Eisenhower was stacked. And those were our last three games of the season. And we wound up losing all three. We lost to Eisenhower by one. We went for two after we uh, got within an extra point. And it was a couple seconds left. And we went for the win instead of overtime. Uh, the next week, we had the ball on 30 or so going down with the chance of tying Griffin, and uh, we wound up fumbling and, and lost that game. And then our last game of the season, uh, we were actually beating Rochester at halftime. And so that made me feel uh, pretty confident that obviously things were going in the right direction. We finished three and six, but those last three games, we're not talking about just playoff teams. We were talking about three state-ranked playoff teams right. we were competitive with. And so we carried that momentum over into uh, our third year. We wound up going five and four, lost a couple of tough games, but made the playoffs. And uh, it was a year early. It, I'm glad it, it happened when it did because the seniors that year were some real hardworking guys who laid the foundation for the program. And uh, they got the ability to go to the playoffs and see mm-hmm. what that was about. And um, as you said, we've gone two years since then as well. And now we've really kind of got things rolling. Yeah. And it's, it's, it really, I mean, obviously my, it's a special place to be at, you know, I've got a lot of, obviously I've got my own ties to it, but uh, you know, I'm a little biased, but it's, um, 
I'm, it's one of those things, you know, people talk about college football, you know, if like, if, if Texas is in the top 25 college football's doing well, you know, and, and I, I'm kind of under the, fir- on the same belief, you know, if Springfield high school is in the, the top three or four top half of the central and central state eight, you know, things are going well. And, and, and the football, it's a good football season, not just for, you know, not just for Springfield, but for everybody, because that means everybody's competitive and everybody is, is, you know, doing, doing what they're supposed to do. So it's, it's been, you know, for me being an outsider looking in, it's been awesome to, to see the success you've had. Um, and, you know, to, to be able to have some conversations with you and, you know, being able to come see a game here or there and, and, uh, recruit your players. It's been, it's been really, really special for me to, uh, to see the success you guys are having and, and follow along. I mean, you're exactly right. Um, when we're rolling and, and we're, really good it legitimately brings this entire city alive because Mm -hmm. um the attendance is up the the media around town is up um it brings in the cameras and the lights from you know the the television stations and everything and and that was something i really didn't know and expect coming in as the head Mm -hmm. coach just how serious it is and how big a deal it is but when springfield high is challenging towards the top of this conference um, it, it shines a, a big light on the entire conference, and it, it's an amazing thing. Absolutely. And, and to that point, I, I maintain and have maintained for a long time that the Central State 8 is one of the best conferences in the state of Illinois and probably the best conference south of I-80. I, I don't think there's any anybody who wants to argue that's probably going to get their butts beat in a, in a playoff game or in a championship game. So uh, oh. I – you can let the, you know, the, the statistics and things kind of speak for themselves. You've got um, a Hall of Fame coach in, in Ken Leonard who has mm-hmm. the most wins in Illinois history. Mm-hmm. His son's got eight of the last nine <laughs> or ten state titles in, in 3A and 4A. Um, you've got a guy like Coach Grounds over in Jacksonville who's been yep. doing it quite a long time, successful level, um, made a bunch of playoff appearances. Um, Coach um, Spates over at MacArthur, yep. um, he's got in a couple years before me, but he's turned that MacArthur program around. Coach Hay down the road at Glenwood take, took over a program from Coach Rourke, and they haven't missed a beat in right. the last five years. And so, again, where, where do you fit in when you have that <laughs> caliber of, of competition every single week? Um, it, it, it's, it's a testament to the conference. It's a testament to the Springfield area. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Well, Coach, last question I've got for you, and, and this can be a tough one. Uh, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from from guys you've coached uh, or, or guys maybe you played with or guys you were just a fan of, who would be on that five-person offensive line? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, that is a very tough question. I, I guess the, the first guy I admired um, goes back to my, my days in St. Louis and uh, – Orlando Pancake Pace okay. um, was was just – you talk about bringing a spotlight to um, a position. No one talked about offensive linemen, and all of a sudden this big baby-faced kid comes out of Ohio <laughs> State, gets drafted by, um, you know, my Rams and plays there. Um, I, I'm absolute huge fan of yeah. Orlando Pace, and so he would definitely be up there uh, for me. Um, wow, four more spots. Um, there's a kid who just played his senior year down at um, 
McKendry, who was with me in West Prairie my first year and saw the hard times. And uh, people don't realize this. We had kids at West Prairie that had never won a football game by the time they were seniors. Oh, wow. Never won. And so we had a kid by the name of Dustin Logan, who is always going to be one of my all-time favorite linemen. He transformed himself from a, a wiry you know, high motor kid um, by lifting and working hard and being determined. He wound up again going down to McKendry and playing. And so uh, he played a, a little bit of a center, a little bit of tackle for us when I was at West Prairie. He would definitely uh, be on that Mount Rushmore um, of mine personally. Um, three other spots. Um, one kid uh, just graduated two years ago. I say this all the time, and I don't know if people think I'm full of it, but um, I appreciate the non-high-profile kids that turn out to be good players and good students and good athletes more than I do just the God-given gifted ones. And uh, we had a kid, Nate Borders, who played uh, some tackle for us his junior and senior year. His freshman year, he was probably 6'3", 250, slow. I, I don't think he even played much on the freshman team. Same thing by sophomore year. This kid worked himself so hard, toughened up, and was arguably one of our better linemen his junior and senior year. And so to see a kid rise from just, you know, a, a big, you know, big but not aggressive freshman right to a varsity lineman in the Central State Eight by a senior year makes me proud. So I would definitely have to put him on there. Um, my number four kid just graduated this year, Carter Mercier. His uh, dad is our offensive line coach and not quite the dramatic climb that um, Nate Borders made, but Carter was also a kid, came in as a freshman, sophomore, And when I realized his sophomore year that he was going to have to play for us somewhere, I had my my doubts and my skepticism, but the kid just worked and got better. He became a a technician with his technique, and and he was tough. And and I don't believe he missed a game for us in the three years he played varsity. And um, he's just a, a testament to what fortitude, hard work, and being intelligent will do. Carter mm-hmm. um, was never going to out-athlete some of the guys he had to go against in the Central State Eight when you talk about some of the, you know, Division One uh, talent that some of right. these schools have on the defensive line. But he was going to outsmart you, and he was going to out-hustle um, you, and he was going to definitely out-heart you. And so uh, Carter would definitely be on that uh, Mount Rushmore of mine. The fifth spot, oh, man, that, that's a tough one because th- there's a lot of, of, of offensive linemen that stand out mm-hmm. as great players and, and kids for me. Um, but I would probably have to say uh, Ladarius Moss, who also played a lot of defensive line for us, and he was another coach's kid. His dad, um, Kevin Norris, um, has been with me from day one at Springfield. And Ladarius actually moved up from Georgia, I believed, his sophomore year. And uh, he was a godsend because he, he was the naturally big, um, gifted um, offensive lineman. He had to do a lot to get more flexible with his hips and, mm. and his footwork. But 
he made some amazing plays on both sides of the ball his junior and senior year. In fact, when I did my my live rewind talking about the big win over SHG two years ago, mm -hmm. uh, I credited him with making the the play that kind of flipped that game. And it wasn't on the offensive side; it was the defensive side. But but still, I mean, this is these last two kids I mentioned were, were two coaches' kids. Right, that just gave it their all and. And I really appreciate what they were able to do to help build the program up. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, you know, again, being, being a, an alum and a former coach that I've got a, a special place in my heart for Springfield High School. So it, that, it, it's great. Um, everything you guys do, I, I love. So uh, real quick, Coach Gully, before we get you out of here, do me a favor and drop your Twitter handle um, and any other information you want the listeners to know. Um, my Twitter handle is at lead underscore Senator. And, uh, we haven't probably been as active tweeting as we usually are <laughs> this time of year, but definitely when we get the green light for things, uh, I think we're a pretty good follow. We, uh, tweet out a lot of stuff about the kids in the program and, and that's what it is to me The the program's about, um, getting ex exposure for these kids and, and showing the hard work and things they put in. So absolutely. Uh, definitely uh, give the, the Twitter handle a follow. Um, I hope to have some, some news obviously coming up in the next month or so about us being able to green light and get out. But one thing I do want to advertise when they do let us out, um, you know, my oldest son, I was uh, fortunate enough to coach him um, the last four years uh, mm -hmm. previous. And uh, he went to the Marine Corps and he's actually in the Marines right now. He's stationed over in North Carolina. So kind of in his honor and, and in the honor of all of uh, the Springfield high kids that choose the military, you know, my son could have gone to college and um, could have played ball somewhere. And he decided he wanted to uh, go into the Marine Corps, but we were uh, very blessed with the help of Rydell to order some military appreciation jerseys. Oh, and awesome. Our first home game every year will from now on be a military appreciation game. And so uh, when we get back out on the field, uh, hopefully that first home game will go as scheduled against Chatham. We'll be donning our uh, new military appreciation jerseys. And uh, they're pretty sharp. Uh, we got a little uh, change up to the helmet design this year to kind of make those match a little bit better. So um, if you can – uh, get out whenever we get the green light to go and, and kind of catch our military appreciation. It's still kind of in the works. I'd love to have, you know, the, the color guard and, and maybe a few uh, local military people out and maybe honorary captain, stuff like that. But uh, that's definitely something that uh, I'm very proud of and, and looking forward to. Very cool. That's awesome. I, I'm looking forward to seeing those myself, coach. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, well, you know, again, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, best of luck, hopefully, this upcoming season. You know, I, I'm looking forward to watching your guys' success. Um, hopefully, you guys are, are staying safe and staying healthy and, and look forward to, to speaking with you soon down the road. All right. You know, I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Coach. Yep. Thanks again for everyone listening. And remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support. And be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome conversations from the chat and the podcast. <laughs>